When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. The global economy these days is a great example of how public perception, whether it's among the layman or even mainstream financial analysts, people on CNBC or or traders or investors, how their perception of the global economy and the U.S. economy does not correspond with reality. Of course, the, the general consensus among especially the U.S. economy, but even the global economy as a whole, is that Times are good, that things are going well. Of course, we had our quarter two GDP number that recently came out here in the United States, actually just before I began recording this video, um, and it put the US GDP for quarter two at 4.1%. You know, it's the best number that we've had in a while, and I believe that there's also an upward revision of quarter one. Of course, perception, if, if, if those numbers are everything to these traders, um, it makes the economy look like it's doing well, like times are actually good. And everything that I say here on this channel is just lies. It's just a whole bunch of negativity. Of course, I'm going to be consistent on my channel of skepticism of this government data and criticism of the methodology that they use. I mean, people criticize, uh, and, and I think many of these same mainstream people that I'm talking about would criticize the Chinese government and say that the, the GDP number, the economic data that they publish is totally off, that they're manipulating it, right? It's a big authoritarian government. Why wouldn't they? Um, And yet they never question this official numbers from the U.S. government, even though we know that the methodology that they use to to calculate things like unemployment, GDP, inflation, you know, some of the very big important numbers in our economy, is constantly been changed to understate unemployment, understate inflation, and overstate uh, GDP, overstate economic growth. It's just a pet peeve of mine that, that, that so many people fail to question these numbers. Okay, but, but I digress. There is this perception of the global economy and of the US economy as, as going relatively well, even though some countries might be run into a bit of a bump as of um, late. However, as I said, that does not correspond with reality. Okay, they're totally off base. Okay, um, you know, I would compare, people love to use analogies when it, when it comes to the U.S. economy and when it comes to things like central banking and quantitative easing and lower interest rates policies. And, and I'm included in that group. I love to use analogies. Um, you know, how things are right now. The U.S. economy is like a night shift worker, okay? The, the global economy, I'll say global economy. Um, that'd be more accurate. The global economy is like a night shift worker right now, okay? And, and, and their current shift program, follow me here, is, is seven days on and seven, or seven nights on, okay, in a row, and seven nights off, all right? We're on our seventh night right now, okay? Things are getting rough. It's two o'clock in the morning, okay? And, 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 and the global economy, its boss is asking them, you know, like, are, are you fine? Yeah, I've noticed you've, you've, been, you've been slipping up on, on some of your work, uh, a high rate of, of errors or accidents or whatever, you know. And, of course, a night worker says, no, I'm fine. You know, I look at I look how many jumping jacks I can do. Look at, look at how, how awake I am or whatever. Um, you know, and, and, of course, what these analysts are saying is that, uh, yeah, of course, the, the economy's strong. Of course, this night 
shift worker is 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 doing just fine, even though that they they're they're extremely sleep deprived and and, and you know the state that they're in right now is extremely stressful and, and, and risky and, and not on a good course. Um, but, but what they're additionally ignoring is, is that this night shift worker has progressively, you know, after the first couple of nights, you know, w- w- was using, you know, a couple um, energy drinks to stay awake at night, right? And, and by the end of the week, they're, they've upgraded to, to crystal meth or something like that. I mean, that's where the state of the economy is right now on the, on the global scale. Okay. For example, you know, there's this article that that Zero Hedge published today. Kind of a long series. If you if you follow central banking around the world, um, interesting things. You know, the, the the Fed right now is is slowly but surely tightening their monetary policy, um, but but other central banks just have been unable to. So for in, for in, instance, for example, the Bank of Japan, um, the Bank of Japan uh, overnight had to once again intervene in their bond market to stop allowing or, or to, to halt a rise in yields on their 10-year bond, okay? Do you want to take a guess at what yield their 10-year bond was, um, Japanese government bond, uh, where, where they felt they needed to, to, to stop that rise because, you know, the, the, the economy and the bond market could not tolerate higher yields? 2%, 3%, 4%? Try 0.11%. 0.11%. And the Japanese Central Bank, Bank of Japan, basically said, it's too much. We we, we, we have to stop this route of the bond market. 0.11%. I mean, that makes, that makes the Fed look like the most hawkish central bank in history. When they're not. You know, the, 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 the Fed is, is, continues to be extremely accommodative to the U.S. economy. Uh, you know, the current um, Fed funds rate is, I don't, I don't know the exact number, maybe 2% just shy of 2% around there. Um, they, they continue to have a massive balance sheet that they're slowly unwinding, but extremely accommodative still. Um, how about the European Central Bank? Uh, Mario Draghi continues to, to talk about how he plans on um, stopping their quantitative easing. I mean, that's a great question to ask people, you know, when they say the global economy is doing well, or the U.S. stock market's doing well or whatever. Ask them, well, what's propping it up? And, and you know, well, the answer to the question is central banks and, and government spending. And, and the, the European Central Bank, along with Bank of Japan, continue to do quantitative easing. I mean, the U.S., again, the Fed looking extremely hawkish. That's going to change. The Fed is, that is going to change. That hawkish appearance from Fed monetary policy will change, if not uh, probably by the end of this year, I believe. Um, but, but if you look at the, Bank of, uh, the European Central Bank, they continue with their quantitative easing, buying of, of these bonds and whatnot, and yet there's there's this there's this uh, myth or there's this perception or whatever you want to call it that that Mario Draghi and the ECB um, can somehow stop that quantitative easing by the end of this year. It's there's no way that they can do that safely. There's no way that they can do that without a risk of a total collapse, potentially in the entire eurozone of the euro of the um, bond markets in various countries, especially the ones that are just saddled with a ton of debt, as well as, as the equity markets. You know, a great example would be back in May when, when Italy was dealing with a lot of their, their um, political uh, problems, which haven't really gone away. They've just been swept under the rug or, you know, the, the global media, even the alternative media have just kind of forgotten about it for the time being, which is fine. Um, they, uh, you know, there was a lot of drama going on. And, you know, at one point, the yields on Italian bonds really blew out. They they um they rose quite a bit, meaning the price went down on these bonds. 
And, you know, it later was was found that for whatever reason, and, and we know the reason, um, the European Central Bank had slowed down their purchases of Italian bonds in May of that month. You know, it, it coincided with, with this huge rise in rates. And, and so you have to ask yourself, you know, if, if the ECB were to permanently stop quantitative easing, even if they maintain that balance sheet, uh, which means they would still be buying some bonds ongoing on an ongoing basis to kind of replace what had matured. Um, if they stopped quantitative easing altogether, what would happen to governments like Italy or, or, or Greece or Spain, which, you know, frankly, would not, the government would likely not exist if it were not for the ECB buying their bonds right now. They wouldn't. The yields would be way too high on their bonds. They would have a debt crisis. The debt crisis would uh, basically run its course unless they were bailed out by the IMF or something crazy like that. But that would have been a massive bailout. And, you know, the whole Eurozone would not exist anymore, right? Perception. This is, this is an interesting case in how uh, mainstream media has allowed us to become, you know, accustomed to, to abnormal conditions in the global economy again analogies this this is like when you know you as as a health i don't know what, what your health is like but let's say you're a healthy person right and 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 you look at a um i don't know I, i'm not picking on this person but, but let's say a disabled person okay um who is let's let's say they're they're um you know uh quadriplegic or or, or diplegic you know they they have no use of their legs sorry not quadriplegic hemiplegic um or no, paraplegic, yeah. So no use of their legs. Um, and, and, and you look at how they, they go about their day and, and, and what their function is like. Um, to them, it's totally normal right, at this point. You know, if, if they've been, you know, disabled for a long period of time, you know, the idea of using ramps, of using lifts, of potentially needing assistance with things like transferring into a bed or, 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 or using uh, a toilet or whatever it is, um, that type of assistance is, is normal. It's become normalized for them, right? And yet for us, it's just, it's, it's not, right? We, 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 op, we, we immediately notice these types of things, right? As, as people that are, you know, blessed with a, a functioning, a well-functioning body. Um, same thing's going on with the, the global economy. I'm not comparing disabled people to the economy or anything. I'm just saying, you know, as, as an analogy, you know, there are a lot of, of strange accommodations, exceptional accommodations that are being made to try and prop up the global economy today. And yet people act as if the economy is doing just fine, right? It's not, right? Um, where this is heading, I believe, and, and I've talked about this in a, in a past video, the global economy in particular, never mind the U.S. for now, the global economy is not doing well right now, particularly emerging markets. Countries like Argentina, like Turkey, Brazil, um, you know, even Pakistan, India, you know, those, those countries, their currencies and, and many of their markets, equity markets, bond markets, have not been doing well. It's been emerging market crisis that has largely been ignored by people in the United States unless you um, are, are really into this, right? Unless you're a trader, unless you, you, this directly affects your, your business or something like that. Um, f for example, you know, the Turkish lira uh, is down like over 20% year to date, right? The, the Brazilian real is, is down significantly. And the big one, I don't know if you'd consider it an emerging market, is, is China. You know, I, I've said in past videos how, how when China goes down, when, when their economy really falls, it's going to bring down the rest of the global economy with them, right? Um, and, and so how I see this happening, 
the next recession, I think, in the United States, it's, it's partly going to be due to Fed tightening their monetary policy. It's partly going to be due to a massive amount of debt that we already have in our economy at the sovereign, at the corporate, at the consumer level. Sure, all of those things are going to affect um, the, the next recession, the next depression here in the United States. But I believe that the thing that will kind of be, be the, the, um, the straw that broke the camel's back is, is going to be uh, economic uh, decline that will be imported to the United States from other countries, particularly China, but also other emerging markets, potentially Europe as well. It's going to be imported here. And then we're going to have our our um, recession, our, our, our stock market crash and, and intervention by the Fed and all that. And then we're going to export a whole bunch of economic decline around to the world. All right. A lot of these countries are already struggling. Countries like China, countries like well, a lot of the ones that I just mentioned. Um, and, and, and there's many more that I think will soon be added to that list. Um, even, you know, ones like, like Australia, Canada, they are in a, a tight spot, especially Australia, um, with, with, with the drop in their housing market. You have to remember that, you know, Canada and Australia, um, in some ways, you know, the, the global recession back in, in you know, 2008, 2009, a, a big cause for it, not the primary cause, I don't think, but one of the big causes here in the United States was the subprime mortgage crisis. We had a crash in housing prices, et cetera, et cetera. Australia, Canada, they did not really have that. They didn't have a significant decline in housing prices, not as significant as in, in the United States. Prices continued to climb after that, Okay. Um, so, so imagine, you know, imagine what the U.S. housing market would be like if it hadn't popped back then. Th- th- that would be insane if it had kept climbing from where it was in 2006 or 2005 and just kept climbing all the way to 2018. Well, in some ways, that's what a lot of markets are like in the Australian and Canadian real estate market, except, you know, some of those markets are slowly popping. You know, those are countries that, that will certainly not fare well in, in the next recession. Um, but, but I do believe that that's what's going to happen is that we're going to have a, a, a recession that will be imported to the United States, likely from China and emerging markets. Um, we've already seen that, you know, if, if you've been watching the price of gold and, and silver, they, they got smacked down this morning. They're recovering a bit on this economic news that, you know, slightly lower than what was expected. Um, but, but they got smacked down. And a big reason for that was a significant drop in the Chinese yuan. Uh, it, it plunged to 13-month lows. And honestly, there's no signs of stopping anytime soon, right? Next stop for the Chinese yuan is, is a 7-to-1 exchange rate with U.S. dollar. Um, which is a key resistance level. It drops below that. It's you know all bets are off for, for precious metals in the Chinese economy. But but you know part of that is is you know part of the reason that the Chinese yuan is dropping so much has to do with the trade war by by devaluing their currency by by essentially manipulating their currency. They can impose tariffs more or less. Right? They're imposing in tariff uh, tariffs on on U.S. imports. By, by weakening their currency versus the dollar. And they are negating the effect of some tariffs on imports, you know, exports to the United States, right? But I don't think that's the, the main reason they're doing this. The, the main reason that the Chinese yuan has been dropping so much, especially as of late, has been the fact that their economy is looking pretty shaky, right? And then I don't think basically what they've been doing lately is they've been easing some different monetary conditions. You know, they, they have a whole bunch of different tools, their government and, and, and their uh, central bank in terms of, of easing monetary conditions, not unlike quantitative easing or, or lowering the um, Fed funds rate by, by the Federal Reserve. 
Um, they, they have all sorts of tools that they can use, and that's what they've been doing. And by easing their monetary conditions, they're hoping to to soften the impact of of, of potential economic decline, but but they're also weakening their currency, right? Um, things are not looking good on, on the global scale, I don't think. Um, people people are going to focus for a week or so here on, on, on U.S. economic data and how good this supposedly um, accurate data is. Is showing that the the U.S. economy expanding at a rate of four point one percent year over year, but I wouldn't buy into it. I want, um, you know, I, I think these things can reverse quickly, and and that's never mind that you know this this four point one percent number. Um, you know, how much of that is due to to government spending, state spending, et cetera, federal or state or whatever, and how much of that is due to um, companies, corporations, preparing for the trade war, right? Um, buying lots of inventory or exporting lots of inventory in anticipation of more and more tariffs. I, I would say quite a bit of it is also due to that. So even that piece of the, the number is just um, not necessarily inaccurate in that sense, but it gives a false uh, perception of, of how good the economy is actually doing. Quarter three could be down at 1%, could be below 1%, um, even this official number. So, And, and I, I believe that even going by these official numbers, a recession could still be quarter or two away right um th that's just the, that's just the nature of the u.s economy um so you know i'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section uh this is a great reminder i think this video and 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 talking about perception of just how important the alternative media is today you know where would you guys be without great reporting from from sites like zero hedge um, or, or even, you know, the writers on Seeking Alpha or, or different YouTube channels like my own or, or, you know, there's some different ones out there. The Money GPS, I like that one a lot. Gregory Manorino, you know, there's some great ones that really look at economic data or look at the markets and talk about how fake they are, how false they are, and how, how this global economy is rotten to the core. It's built on, on a massive amount of debt and continuously weakening fiat currencies, right? Um, this, this this alternative media is important. Um, so if there's any way you can support me, I'd very much appreciate that. Liking this video, comment, and subscribing, all those things help out a ton. Otherwise, um, check out my Patreon page. There's a link down below in the description. You guys don't need to become a patron right now. You guys don't. It's totally a decision you can make on your own. Uh, but check it out. There's some cool perks, and and you know it's a great way to to support my channel on on an ongoing basis. Literally as little as a dollar a month. Right, that's a candy bar a month, right? You can even bump it up to you know two, three, four. I don't know how much a cup of coffee it varies, but you know a Starbucks cup of coffee, you know three, four bucks um, a month. You know that's not a whole lot. And 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 you know if if you look at the number of videos that I publish, I, I I'd like to think that I offer quite a bit of value to to my viewers. So um, if you'd consider that, but but of course I'm just thankful to have you guys here watch this video in the first place. So as always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.